mysterious figure bearing a strange device and carrying what appears to be a worn fielder's mitt appears center stage the light wavers upon him for just a moment and the operator up in the projection booth can be heard swearing under his breath he's having trouble with that damn light again and then there's darkness and once again he's missed this great chance look at the big oh you can't win friends Sojak in the hockey, we get a con in the spittle love. Oh, the Glorioski Zero. I think things are going to work out. Yes, I, it's a controversial statement to make, but I think things are going to work out. I have a uh, compulsive desire to continue. Why? I don't know why. It's it's a gut feeling I've got. What is going to work out? I can't hear. I can't see. I am deep in the pit of human contemplation. When? I cannot answer that either. All I know is that the, there are signs. There are signs. Signs, I said, man, signs. You can't ignore the signs all your life. I mean, you go against everything. You do that. You don't want to do that, do you? Yeah. Sometimes you just can't turn away. kitchen with my feet in the hall. Do you admit, baby, you was wrong, wrong. You hear that? You was wrong. Ha, 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 ha,
sell sandwiches in this joint. Hey, you got any hamburgers here? Mm. Nothing but a cheap booze. That's what I get for hanging around with a wrong crowd. All my life I've been hanging around with a wrong crowd. Sometimes it occurs to me, and I hate to admit it, that I might be the wrong crowd. But guys are making a bad mistake hanging around with me. Hold it there, hold it there, that's enough. Reset that. To feel the tension in the air. I mean, it's palpable. Don't ask me what palpable means. They always use that in them series like Ironsides and all that. They always say something is palpable. I don't know what the hell that means. It's palpable. I know it fits. That's all. Palpable. You can just feel it in the air. It's ripe, rich, pregnant with meaning. I don't know what that means either. I keep reading that in books. Something is always pregnant with meaning. I don't know. Don't ask me to explain everything, you fool. Sit here all night long explaining, explaining. Again, please, again, please. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I knew it. Yeah. Here it comes again. back once just once too long oh, like glasses and the windows and the people and everything's gonna break and then what are you gonna do hold it there hold it that's enough reset that this is our salute to Johnny Carson tonight it's a serious show Again, again, once more for good measure. Hooray for Neil Simon. Quack. Did you hear about the avocado rustling that's going on in California? Uh, this country's going downhill. Remember when guys used to rustle cattle? 
rustling avocados now. Here's an outfit that advertises a monocle. Just be a cad. Monocles are the newest fad, the very latest, the very greatest in rich 10-carat gold-filled rim with fine optical lens that magnifies over two times. Ideal for evening use. To scan the theater menu. The dinner menu. Looking at the program. Forgive me the gals the eye. Wear this new scratch-proof monocle. Be a complete fop. Foppery is on the march. Hooray for foppery. Foppery, foppery. Isn't that, that used to be a crime. It had some, doesn't it have something to do with uh, stealing contraband uh, tobacco in a non-taxable port? Crime, foppery. Or is that mopery? Is anybody out there? Is, ever, is there a lawyer out there? What's the difference between foppery and mopery? Does anybody out there know that? I, mean, I, I, I want to be technical about this. I don't want to offend anybody. Like hell, I don't. I'll offend you. Do you hear about the guy in Columbus? You think air traffic... Out here at LaGuardia and Idlewild and Kennedy, you know, right? Columbus Airport. They had to stop all traffic because the guy was driving up and down the runway with his, with his VW. And he was going against the traffic pattern. He was making downwind landings in this VW. Uh, well, I mean, this doesn't matter. I mean, the, who cares? By the way, speaking of who cares, do you know the right within sight of where we're sitting right now? Any of you peoples here, living here, hey, gang, listen, will you? You know that, that right here within sight of the New York skyline, there are black bears living in New Jersey? And they're watching the skyline? You knew that, of course. You knew all, you know everything. There's no point in, in, in doing this. There's no point. None whatsoever. I see where old Bill Costa did it again. You didn't hear this on, on uh, Haywood Hale Bruins Sports Report, did you? And old Bill Costa did it again. Fifth national title he took. Five titles this guy's taken. Out of seven national competitions, it's a national title, too. He won the national spitting contest again. Five years running. Fantastic. A splotch of brown saliva was propelled 27 feet, 8 inches. And it was against a quarter of wind. Come on, it's here, man. See that brown saliva swerving through the air. We're shankles. This is a magnificent, a magnificent shot. What a goober. Look at that. My God, that man draws an oyster like nobody ever done. Look at that. Kaplop. And now the wide, wide world of sports. Produced by Rune Eilish. Returns due to the International Grandma Demolition Derby. Yes. Thank you, madam. Thank you, madam. You're all right. My God, it takes guts, baby. That was good. You're all right. Hey, listen, uh, I'm sitting in the H&H, &H, contemplating the infinite. 
Also, looking at the grounds of my coffee, do you know that there are certain people on certain streets in New York here who can tell the future by the grounds in your H&H cup of coffee? And I'm sitting there looking in the grounds of my coffee. It's a fantastic sight in the grounds of my coffee. It made the... Well, it made the... It looked like the Big Dipper. I don't know what that signifies. Hey, would somebody please... A uh, lawyer here, please tell me the difference between foppery and mopery. It's bugging me now. Yes. Would you like a little, uh, would you like a little bit of security here for a second? Any of you out there? You getting nervous? Tight, huh? A little security? Throw him one of them security things there. That's right. There's nothing like a good, friendly, familiar commercial to bring you out of your doldrums. Come on over, gang. Show some dancing or free. Show the parking so gee. Come on, come on over. Palisades from coast to coast, where a dime buys the most. Palisades amusement park, swings all day and after dark. Don't bet them, don't, don't. Got the coaster, get cool in the ways of the pools. You have fun, fun, fun. So come, come on over. Yes, John Wingate says you'll have fun at the Palisades amusement park. And other fun seekers agree with him. So if you're a fun seeker out there, friends, get out there to the Palisades Amusement Park and ride up and down on those crazy-wearing blenders. Make your gut come right up out of your ears. That's fun, right? Bum, ba -dum, bum, bum, bum. Oh, yeah, speaking of guts, this is WOR New York. And uh, it's not easy, friends. I'll tell you why I'm excited. I'm sitting there in the H&HC contemplating the infinite consulting with my navel. Now, oh, by the way, uh, I'd like to salute Jack L. Kluberman of Dayton, Ohio, who finally completed that pillow that he's been working on for 47 years, ever since he was 17 years old. He began on his 17th birthday. He's finally filled a heart-shaped pillow that has embroidered on it in gold letters, Mother, a souvenir of Dayton, Ohio. He filled a heart-shaped pillow with Lint removed from his navel. He's been saving it all these years. I'd like to salute Jack tonight. Don't laugh at him. After all, some guys bid pyramids. Other guys play dominoes. Other guys go to see movies. I mean, you know, it's all six of one half dozen the other. What does that mean, six of one half? Why do I keep saying that? Six of one half dozen the other. What kind of insanity is that? That's ridiculous. I, I would like to say this, however. I'm sitting in the H&H. &H. This is a silly show. You agree? Well, you're silly, too, you clod. Don't come around calling me silly. Fool. Knave. Hey, I see now where they finally come out with it. You can get yourself a new inflatable natural airform bra. It's inflatable. It has two little valve stems on the side. It says never anything like it. adds as much as... 17 inches, wherever you'd like to have it. It says as much as. They didn't say you have to go for that. It says you can have all you want. It says uh, inflates Mother Nature in the right places. Although that can be very embarrassing. I can see some chick, you know, out on a date. She's got her inflatable blah, you know, her bra is going full blast, and this guy's sitting over there. You know, they're over at McDonald's or at Geno's knocking down one of them pizzas, you know. And she's sitting across from there, and boy, she's got it all, you know. And all of a sudden, he hears a faint hiss. And, uh, well, you never know, you know. Did, uh, if, you, if, you, <laughs> if you wear an inflatable bra, bra <laughs> do you carry along with you a, a, uh, 
a pocket purse-sized vulcanizing kit in case of emergencies. You have to run into John, you know. <laughs> I just wondered, you know. <laughs> I could just see this guy. He finally can't. He can't. He can't uh, control himself. See, they're sitting in the car, and there she's sitting over there opposite him, and this beautiful, you know, in the moonlight, and she's wearing this this uh, sensual-looking sweater, and oh man, she looks like the Alps viewed from a three-quarter shot. You know, she's fantastic. And finally, he says to her, Marcia! She says, Charlie, Marcia, Charlie, Marcia, Charlie! And he grabs her, and then his fraternity pin gets her in the wrong place. Boom! And the next thing you know, he's with this little skinny chick. Reminds him of his kid brother, and she's got bad teeth. Let's go, gang! Let's go, yeah! Call it out! Round and round we go! All together now, Oh, that, that's enough, that's enough. Nothing but guys yelling and hollering here. Hey, listen, I, w- I want to ask a personal question here. I-, I don't ask... I don't ask the listener much. Although I will concede he asks much of me. Every night I squeeze my arm and drip out this blood. What are you kidding? That's right. I want to ask you this, though. Do I sound like a secluded, damned, nocturnal man? Yeah, yeah. What do you mean, I am? You mean I don't sound like a secluded, damned, nocturnal man who has the air of the Flying Dutchman about him? Searching forever? Of course I do. What do you mean, no? You immediately pop out, being, you know, you're a smart you-know-what. Yes, that's right. It has three letters. Two of them are S's. You can fill in the blanks after that, if you want. Of course, you don't have to mind like that. But uh, I do. It's been my cross. But I'm sitting there, see, and I'm, I'm in the H&H, and I'm, con- you know, sitting there consulting my navel and thinking about Kluberman out there collecting lint from his navel, making a pillow, and thinking about this guy driving his Volkswagen against the traffic pattern at the Columbus airport. I'm thinking about the inflatable bra and the guy having the date, and the chick's got the slow leak and the one on the left, and she begins to lean over quiet. You know, you, <laughs> wouldn't it be groovy if somebody got a hold of her inflatable bra and filled it with helium? But that's just, you know... Either that or, or deadly mustard gas. Would that be a fantastic James Bond bit? It's got deadly mustard gas in it. Yeah, and she's got this. She's got this cute little uh, hat, you know, which she can whip out at any moment. And actually, it's a gas mask in disguise. And so she's a double. Oh, uh, that's that's a bad plot. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you just uh, you, you can do only the best you can do. Now, listen, I want to ask you a favor. I'm. I, I've been messing around here long enough, and I want to ask a favor. I'm sitting in the H&H tonight. For those of you who don't know what the H&H is, it's the H&H. And uh, I'm sitting in the H&H, see. And uh, you find on the floor of the H&H, if you know what H&H to go to, you find once in a while you come in there at certain times of the day when they haven't swept up and you find newspapers. And so, uh, you know, show business, you know, showbiz. You ever read showbiz? A lot of good stuff in show business. It's It's not called showbiz. It's called show business, see. And I'm sitting there reading show business. 
You know, keep in mind, they, they have thousands of ads for chorus girls, you know, who want to pose for various ads and stuff. So uh, I'm reading the the uh, showbiz there, and I'm looking in the coffee grounds at the H&H, and there's an old lady sitting at the next table there, and she's, she's, uh, they have a big sign that says, no smoking, see, and she's got a, she's got a hamburger roll, cleverly disguised like a hamburger bun, and she's smoking a cigar between the rolls, see. So, uh, oh, everybody's cheating all over the place. So I'm sitting there watching this scene going on, thinking of the guy with his VW, and, and uh, you know, you know how I am. See, I'm I'm a strange nocturnal butterfly, really, yeah. and uh, a man with a haunted, damned expression in his eyes. You've you, you've seen my television show. Have you seen it? You noticed the haunted, damned expression in my eye? Haven't you noticed that? A man who has seen much. That's right. A man who who yet through the veil of tears bears on bravely. And uh, yeah, you know. So I'm sitting there thinking about all this stuff and. Uh, and I'm playing with the grounds in my coffee cup, which, by the way, did not belong to me. See, I, I was freeloading in the H and H. I just came in there and I sat down where there was a cup, and I'm uh, playing with the grounds there. And the guy doesn't bother you as long as you keep a cup in front. In fact, I have a folding cup I carry with me that I whip out once in a while. Walk into the H and H and I fold it and sit it there. And uh, if you if you know your way around the H and H, you can get hot water. See, you can say, "Oh, I'd like to have my tea warmed up." And they'll pour hot water in your cup, at which point then you reach in your pocket and you take out your little spoonful of instant coffee and you mix it up. And, and uh, yeah, you know, you, you get to know these little things in this town. So I'm sitting in the H&H contemplating my navel, and I'm reading show business, and I came across a piece in the, in the paper. Now, I want you to listen to this. It's listening time. Okay, you're, you're listening now, right? first time in 45 minutes you've listened but listen you clod this is a man crying out you don't turn away from your fellow man do you i'm crying out help <coughs> damn it that hurt let's try that again help that uh, sounds kind of silly some people can holler help and sound like they need it other people holler holler help and they sound like damn fools help nobody believes me help uh. I mean, Bob Dylan's got the kind of face that you know he needs help, you know. And Woody Allen has the kind of face. I'm the kind of guy that they need to be helped away from. See, that's my problem. That's right. I'm the guy that does make out with the chicks. <laughs> that's a bad news scene. I mean, in this in this day and age, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't help it if you're tall, handsome, and unbelievably dashing. In a world where that's, you know, that's held against you. No, I'm smiling, Jack, let's face it. All right, so I'm sitting... That <laughs> made you mad. And, oh, that's going to get a lot of angry lives. So I'm sitting here, see, in the H&H. Eine, uno, uno, ein, one. The other one, yeah, the first one. Yeah, the first one. Hold it there for a minute there. Hold it there. Now, I don't know what kind of drum you march to, friends. I don't know not easy it's a it's like uh it's like a, oh about uh, three four five years ago i'm sitting here the same microphone i'm thinking you know i says has it occurred to you friends it's uh, certainly bothered me sometimes that uh, my life is in black and white the other guys lives are in color beautiful color black and white you ever have that feeling sometimes that you're a minoral in a world of stereo people all you got is one little horn I'm sitting there at the H&H. That's a strange show here tonight. I don't know what's the matter with you. You're acting funny, friend. It's a shifting crowd out there tonight. 
And I'm sitting there in the H&H, and I'm contemplating the infinite. I come across this little news item. Listen to this. This ad agency account man. <clears throat> I guess it's an ad agency account man. I can't tell. It's Gay Darlene B. Dart. It's hard to tell what that is. But it's a person named Gabe Darlene. It's a hyphenated name. I was, I'd was. i like to meet somebody once with a hyphenated name. I, I keep running across these in books. Do people have hyphenated names naturally, or do they invent them? I think they invent them. Like Wolfgang Amadeus. Yes, dear. Just a minute. We're getting a special news bulletin. Here it is. Yes, it is. I do. Who said that? Oh, a listener called in and said I sound very cute tonight. Well, I, 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 uh, I am having one of my cute periods. I go through these periods when I feel cute, and I, I am very cute tonight. But uh, I, I, all cuteness aside, there are times when you gotta, you know, you gotta lay your cards on the table. Oh, it's a silly expression when I say that. I'm not laying cards on the table here. There's a good time when you gotta get down to the nit. Oh no, nitty gritty. Whatever happened to nitty gritty? Remember when they used to always talk about nitty gritty? Isn't that the name of a guy who used to do this teenage disc jockey show on Channel 11? No, Nitty Gritty. Yeah, that's just a, no, well, that's all of it. You remember when they used to always talk about telling it how it is? What happened to that crowd? They're gone, too. Still probably wandering around out in the limbo of life, telling it how it is. And all hollering Nitty Gritty at each other, you know? Hollering stuff like, right on, man, right on. That's this year's. No, that's already gone. That's, that's, that's dead already. Hey, friend, you're dead already. Has that occurred to you? You're you're passe, friends. What do you mean you you can't be passe? You're only seven, friend. You're four years past it already. Don't trust nobody over eighteen months old. The minute they start walking, they're dangerous. That's what I say, and I'm dangerous as long as the rest of them here. Well, uh, anyway, I'm sitting around saying and. and uh, and the H and H, and you, you didn't think I'd get around to that. I'm, and I'm. Uh, everybody has a different horn that he hears in his mind. I'm sitting there and looking at show business, this magazine. I don't know why. I mean, I'm just looking at it because there are certain times when you read anything. Uh, I mean, have you ever read the back of the Spearmint Wrigley gum wrappers? I've even taken them apart and read the numbers inside where they're glued together. You gotta have something to read. I think that's the secret of graffiti. And you know, I've read some great stuff on the interior of John's. Listen, there's one. Uh, there's one over a uh, particular piece of of uh, washroom appliance in a place in the village that all it says is "Forget John Paul Sartre!" Exclamation point! I say that's true. Forget him. Yes, sir. Forget Andre Gide, forget Mike Douglas, all them philosophers. I mean, you know, what has philosophy got to do with your life, right, friend? Forget all them guys. Think about Bobby Mercer, that's right. So I'm sitting there looking down in the coffee cup grounds, and all of a sudden I can hear that horn blowing its haunting sound. Yeah. Mm, call it out. Blow that thing. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Mama, don't allow no horn blowing around here. Reset that, friend. Anyway, I'm going to ask you a favor. I've been playing around here. 
but it says Gar- Gay Darlene B. Dart at Serendipity. Apparently that's an agency. At Serendipity is seeking a man. Now all of us, deep down inside of us, are constantly looking for our niche, right? I don't know of one guy who believes that his niche has been reached. Now you think a lot of guys are on top of it, right? Oh no. Listen, I was I was on the Dick Cavett show, and I remember sitting next to Cavett, and Cavett's got a scared, haunted look in the eye. He's waiting for that big hook to come out of that big, that big television sky one day, and you know, sit next to Johnny Carson. He's got the scared look in the eye of a man. It, I tell you, it reminded me. You ever you ever go to the dog races? You should once. It's a real object lesson. Dog races are the most symbolic of all races. Because they've got an object. Now, when you see, when you go to the horse races, those horses are just running around. They could be running nothing. They're running after nothing. They just run. But at the dog races, they run after an electric rabbit. And sitting in that crowd, I couldn't help but relate to the rabbit. I wasn't cheering the dogs. I was cheering that poor damn rabbit going around that track like Billy be damned. And them dogs yapping and hollering behind him, yapping and hollering like insane maniacs, yapping and hollering that poor rabbit. Every race he's out there going round and round with them dogs yapping after him, round and round they're going after him just like... <laughs> Sixth Avenue at Twilight, friends. With the wind blowing heavy out of the Jersey marshland, bringing them yellow, noxious fumes out of Newark. Electric rabbits pursued endlessly by ravening greyhounds, yapping and barking, jumping at your haunches. All together now, friends, the congregation will now settle down. I want to see nothing but folding money in this collection plate. There's been too much rattling money in this collection plate lately, and the devil's been taking his hand and shaking them bones. I want to see nothing but rustling. I want to hear nothing but the sound of paper rubbing against paper. You hear that? The sound of rustling money. That's the only kind of sound that God really understands. Bring it up there. You heard about... You heard about them... You heard about them... Them non-believers in the temple trading their souls for 30 pieces of silver? That's right. That's damn money, silver, gold. I want to hear rattling green paper. Nothing in the Bible says green paper's bad. Bring it up. Nothing in the Bible says that. Yeah, blow that thing. Muddy water. I'm gonna sit here in the kitchen with my feet out in the hall, baby, until you admit you is wrong. Wrong, I say, wrong. R-O-N-G, wrong. Wrong. Done wrong. You're done wrong. You've done wrong all your life. And now it's come to this. It's come to this. Just the two of us sitting here. Everywhere you turn, you done wrong again. Playing your cards wrong all the way. That's a silly thing to say. Nobody gave her dealt you no hand. How can you play the cards right when you don't get the hand, right? They don't deal them right. 
This is one of my cute nights. Don't look at me like it's one of my cute nights. This is one of my profound Hamlet nights. I mean, what are you going to do when Hamlet's up there holding that skull? And he's saying, alas, poor Yorick! Poor Yorick, I knew him well! By the way, that's the way that speech should be delivered instead of that soft, sultry, dulcet tones of John Gill. Alas, poor Yorick! I knew him well, and now look! Nothing but a bunch of bones! <laughs> okay. You don't come up to Hamlet and say, Say, you're awful cute tonight. That blows the whole bit. What are you going to do? I mean, Macbeth is sitting there on the edge of the pad there, and he's yelling and screaming, and his wife is hollering, How damn spot! And you say, Say, that's a nice line. Kills a whole bit. So cut it out with the cute stuff, will you? I'm being serious tonight. Serendipity is seeking a man. Now listen to this. I'm reading showbiz, sitting there in the ancient age. Serendipity is seeking a man who has, and we quote here, a secluded, damned, nocturnal air about him. That is me, to a T. Who invented the phrase night people? I mean, there ain't nobody more secluded than I am. You ought to see my office on the 20th floor. Nobody can get near it. I got this mastiff that stands outside the door. I bought him at Abercrombie and Fitch. You plug him in. And, man, he does more hawk-biting than anything you ever saw in your life. He's got stainless steel teeth. And there's anybody that's got a damn there about him, it's me. And I'm reading this ad, and they're looking for a guy like that. My God, this has been held against me. Every time I stand up at a sales meeting, all the salesmen get nervous. Because i got a nocturnal, damned, secluded air about me. I would never be elected to the Rotary Club nowhere, friends. Anyway, serendipity is looking for this man. And I thought, oh, my God, they're looking for me. It's for a man's cologne ad. He must have an element of secrecy without suffering. That's me. That's right. That's another word for sneaky. It's exactly me. Must have a sneaky air about him. Must be suggestive of seagulls. <laughs> God, that fits me to a thing. I went there, just the other day, the other day, I'm sitting in the, in the chalk full of The guy says to me, sit next to me. I never met him in my life. He says, hey, there must be some seagulls around here. I said, what do you mean? He's looking right at me. He said, oh, excuse me, sir. It's my beak. Suggestive of seagulls and have a flying Dutchman quality. That's me. Do you know what a flying Dutchman was? Is. It's me. You saw me on that houseboat show. That's the Flying Dutchman, if you ever saw one. It says, if you fit this description, send a photo to Miss B. Dart. Listen, I want every one of you to write to Miss B. Dart, B-I-D-A-R-T, to Serendipity, 519 Madison, New York, New York. That's Madison Avenue. Write to Serendipity, 519, 519 Madison, Miss Bedard, and say, if there's ever been a man born on this globe who has the air of seagulls around him, who has an air of shameless secrecy, who has the air of 
nocturnal beating wings, yet without sympathy? <laughs> it's Shepard. That'll shake her right down to her maiden form. I doubt whether anybody knew. Gay Darlene B. Dart wears a maiden form, but uh, that's a figure of speech. Ha! <laughs> figure of speech. Oh. Shepard, cut it out. I mean, what would Bill Coster, the national champion spitter, think of that one? There's a real man. I'd love to see him interviewed. next to Carl Yastrzemski, other great champions of our time. Old Bill Coster says, you want to see a little demonstration? I'd like to, would you like to hear more Bill's background? That's it, keep that, keep that play out of playing real quiet, nice and easy behind me there, friend. Won his fifth national spitting title and he won the coveted brass cuspidor, which by the way is a, is a highly contested cup. The brass cuspidor is symbolic. It's the Bull Durham brass cuspidor. It's symbolic of the national spitting title, you know, like the Davis Cup, those other famous cups. The highlight of Mr. Coster's championship performance in the eighth annual tobacco chewing and spitting contest was a magnificent splotch of brown saliva that was propelled 27 feet 8 inches, or just a quarter of an inch less than the now standing world record set by Mr. Coster himself. The 24-year-old Mr. Coster, a labor foreman for a ready-mix concrete company, said he started serious chewing tobacco 20 years ago at the age of four. Before that, he was a dilettante. He said, yeah, it's not, not too early in age to start it, but my parents never discouraged me and, in fact, stood behind me and they led me where I am now today. Wait, Patoy! The experienced sitter, spitter, who has taken first place in each of the five years he took part in this magnificent contest at the San... St. Anne's service station said he did not prepare for the event. He does not train. He's a natural. When asked by a local sports commentator what he did, he says, Well, I just come up and spit. Which reminds me of Babe Ruth's famous line. You know what Babe Ruth's famous line was? When he was being interviewed? Yeah, I'm, he wasn't being funny. Somebody said to him, uh, Mr. Ruth, what, what, the, what the advice would you give? Uh, a young kid that wants to be a ball player, wants to learn how to hit good, you know. What, what's the most important thing he should know? Ruth thought about this, and he come up with the truth. Well, I, I guess the thing to do is to hit the damn thing. True. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's the most important thing. So all he does is step up and spit. In practice, I think we're very self-conscious. Now you see why I come naturally with with all wings flying, my pinion feathers skittering in the breeze to the secluded, haunted nocturnal air which I have. Listen, anybody who has followed some of the acts I've followed on this radio station for the number of years that I've followed them, friends, would have a haunted seagull quality about them right from the start. Nocturnal. Man who has seen it all. Worse than that, has heard it all. God, it gets worse every year. Where do they come from? All I know is they go out to that limbo of all lost, forgotten, unsuccessful acts. 
which is kind of a nice limbo. It's filled with jugglers, guys running around, you know, balancing bowling balls on their pointed heads. Hey, let's salute. No. No, no. Too late for that kind of a salute. But I can't get it out of my mind, this girl sitting there in the car with her inflatable bra. I just can't get it out of our mind. You know, I wonder whether or not she uses a tire gauge on it. <laughs> just a thought. Although I must say that uh, they do come through in the end. They say you get your money back if you're not totally delighted and guaranteed with the results of the inflatable bra. I suppose. I mean, that's the least you can expect after a blowout, you know, one night. <laughs> uh, yeah, well. <laughs> that's pretty silly. That's, uh, hey, listen, uh, I'd like to warn any of you out there as part of our vast public service announcements, uh, don't go away, Herb. You'll want to know this, but uh, you know that there's been evidence. Have any of you ever heard of the name Glenn Young? I'd just like to warn you. He's, he's uh, been seen in these parts. He's a master shuffleboard hustler. He's the Minnesota Fats of shuffleboard people. Well, not, no, 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 listen. Uh, did, you, did you know that, the, that they're after him? Glenn Young is a master shuffleboard hustler. And he shows up in places like St. Petersburg, you know, with the old doddering guys out there pushing the, pushing the discs around, you know. And this guy sits there squatting. He's kind of looking like a fat little sort of a guy, you know, and he's sitting there. And he says, hey, can I play? Never played this game. And uh, so the old guy says, yes, well, here, he says, come here, young man. Here, you just hit the whole stick like this, and you just push it like that, and you try to get it at the number 10 up there. And the next thing you know, he's cleaned them all out, and he's left. He's on his way to Tampa. A shuffleboard hustler. So watch out. They're everywhere. And uh, that, no. Oh, there's hustlers on all sides. I, I Listen, I was one time shucked, plucked, and... Well, as a word, and also blued on top of it by a ping-pong hustler. I was taken apart. My bleached bones are glistening in the sun of the sporting fields. It's not been easy, has it? It really hasn't. I kind of like, though, the way Hamlet said that. Alas, poor Yorick! I'll tell you, though, the alas gets in the way of it. Kind of breaks the beat. I hate to argue with Shakespeare, but if he'd stepped right out and hollered, Poor Yorick! Would have had a little more something, but I suppose alas is all right if you like to work crossword puzzles. It's like a five-letter word meaning expression used at sea. Five-letter word. Second one is a V. I'll give you that cue, right? You got it. Three-letter word meaning reproductive process. And the last letter is a D. Okay. Mm. Well, I knew it had to come to this. I mean, eventually. It just had to. With my secluded nocturnal damned air, he just had to. A man with the smell of seagulls about him. Although I, I, 
I don't know whether you've ever sat near to a seagull. You know exactly what that guy was talking about. They can be awful. Well, just, you know, seagull is a great concept, but a hell of a bad reality. It's like uh, owls and bats. You know. I mean, I read a book one time when I was a kid called Albert the Raccoon. And he sounded so cute, but boy, can they be gamey. And the little varmints scratch and bite and chew and, you know, they do a lot of other things. And they're never housebroken, never. By the way, are you housebroken, friends? I just thought I'd ask. Because we don't want to have any nasty accidents around here. Now, you could be housebroken philosophically or physically. I presume physically you are. It's philosophical housebreaking that very few of us ever finally break through, too, yet. Well, I guess that's the way it goes. Poor old Bill Foster out there, doing his long-distance spitting. Guys driving their Volkswagens on the traffic pattern on the runways at Columbus. Poor Yorick, alas, I knew him well. Never made it. And so that concludes tonight's salute to Johnny Carson. I hope you've enjoyed it, gang. And, uh... A little jog like this never hurts you. Of course, you got to be careful if you're not used to this kind of jogging. Cause it, can, uh, it can be pretty heady stuff for you. you got to start easy, you know, five minutes, ten minutes. And watch out for the castoria. That stuff sneaks up on you. Castoria, yeah. That's out in Queens.